we don't just become an ultra runner. We build up to it. But what is it in that first instance that makes us want to become an ultra runner? And once we are an ultra runner and we do that first event, what is it that makes us want to continue and look to go further? Hello and welcome to the Ultra Running Podcast with me, Coach Marshy. So let's welcome today's guest in to the studio. So welcoming today, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good. Really good. So what I'll do is I'll give the guys a little bit of a background because obviously we've met before. Um, we've met many times at many races. So uh I think it was the Grim Reaper probably in 2016 when we first met. Is that right? Probably the Grim Reaper. Yeah, about then, yeah. Yeah, and I I think I was there to do my second ever ultramarathon, which was an attempt at 70 miles. And forgive me, but what were you there to do in that year, 2016? I think I was doing the 40 miles. Right, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So we'll talk about that in a little bit more depth in a bit. But just for everyone who's listening, everyone who's watching, just give us a little introduction. Who, you know, who are you in the running world? What do you do in your in your day to day life? Are you part of a running club? You know, those sorts of things. Who are you in that running world? I run with a club. I don't tend to train with them because they train later. But I do sort of do a lot of their their races with them and I try and support them as I can. I need to get back to there, actually. But they're a really good club. I run with Ely Runners. Excellent, excellent. And uh, sort of your own running, your own your own running involvement. Sort of, do you train regularly, multiple days per week? I try to train three to four days a week. I also do cross training as well, which includes like yoga and pyo. I'm trying to keep flexible, which, um, <laughs> as you know, as a runner everything shortens all your muscles shorten so <laughs> you do become very stiff and very tight <laughs> yeah we might we might dive into that a little bit later on actually but um you know that whole kind of cross training muscles tighten up i think the way we sit you know day to day muscles tighten up how how do you just in a brief answer do you find it really beneficial to do the cross training I think so, because running tends to, you're always moving forward with running, so you don't sort of get any of the side movements, if that makes sense. You're using all the same muscles for running, and I think they get very fatigued after a while, so it's good to do other things as well. Yeah, no, excellent. That's uh, that's music to my ears as a sort of running coach as well, although we love to, we love to smash out the long runs and all of that sort of training. Actually, you know, having to do the cross training and the strength and conditioning stuff is really important. And I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you do that. So let's dive into that intro then what I said back in the intro. So when I mentioned, you know, at some point you became a runner and then you went through a process, I guess, like everyone else that runs and then something made you decide to start ultra running maybe. So just tell me a bit about your running process and then what made you start ultra running? 
I started running about 16 years ago and I mean ultra running then wasn't really sort of I don't know it wasn't around or wasn't as popular as it is now and I did my first marathon oh god I don't know how many years ago and then someone a friend of mine did an ultra and I thought hmm maybe you know maybe I'd like to do one before I die (laughs) I've done about 60 marathons and ultras now (laughs) wow you get addicted (laughs) yeah no I I think that's um that's that's really the thing isn't it is that running is that kind of of my previous guest ash he said that you once you get into the ultra world it's very easy to become hooked on it oh yes definitely and it, yes, you know it, it, it yes. sounds it sounds similar to you as well so um obviously 16 years is a long time of, of running did you did you start off in the kind of traditional way of doing couch to 5k or did you start off with sort of something a bit longer half marathons how how did that really go for you um when I first started running I couldn't actually run outside I could only run on the treadmill like do two miles at a time because I used to get out of breath and someone said to me why don't you just go outside and slow down and try it and I did and I was hooked so I started running outside and I think it's better to be out in the fresh air as well yeah I think yeah, it's I think good to be out. That that benefit is huge, and obviously, so you you even started on a treadmill then. So, you yeah. know, you know, <laughs> two miles at a time, treadmill yeah. run. Then you built up to, I'm guessing, the ten k, the half marathon, the marathon, and then did ultra marathons. Yes, I did a few, quite a few half marathons to start with, and marathons. And then I thought, yeah, I'll try an ultra. And I actually love the ultra. I found it easier than I thought I would. I think anybody could run an ultra. A lot of it is your mindset. You have to nice. be stubborn, I think, to do an ultra. You probably agree with me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think um, really nice, actually, to the way to well, the way you put it is really nice because there is that stubbornness. But also, I think if you're not a runner, there's this perception that marathons and ultra marathons are really quite difficult, but actually yeah. the, the ultra marathon compared to say even the normal marathon, they're very different animals and very different beasts. And I think what you say there about everyone could do an ultra, then I, I agree with that. I'll sit here and agree. There is lots of work that needs to do in and the mindset. You're absolutely right. But I think you're right that the ultra world allows more people to take part than the world thinks should be able to take yeah. part yeah 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 definitely and actually lisa i'm going to tell you something that you don't know about yourself right now but when when myself and my friend neil and a couple of other guys turned up from our running club to to what was very early on in our ultra journey there was there was this very friendly lady with pigtails that came over and spoke to us and made us feel really welcome and that was yourself and you made us you know at that event you'd obviously been to that event before the Grim Reaper, but you know, just meeting someone like you with your personality made us feel really welcome. And I think maybe I don't know if you agree, but in the ultra community, there's there's no ego as such. People are really friendly. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's so friendly. I mean, and you guys, I hadn't met you before, but you were so supportive. I was there on my own. I didn't have any crew, and you really sort of looked after me and took me in as one of your own. So really appreciated that thank you (laughs) 
yeah, and now I would say that we probably, you know, mm. we probably all keep in contact. You know, multiple people in our club you probably know by first name now. And uh, even though you're in a kind of local local rival running club in the local leagues, you still, you know, we've, we've all become good friends and we run past each other in events and that support's always there and that comes from the ultra world, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Cambridge, Cambridge Half was great and, and so many of our clubs said they saw you and, you know, oh, we saw Redders out there today and, you know, that's, that doesn't come from running 5Ks and running things locally for us. That that comes from a, an ultra marathon that's sort of 90 minutes away from where we live, maybe a little bit further for you, but you, yeah. you get what I mean. So, yeah, that lack of ego, I think, is something that I love about the ultra world and the community and, you know, you kind of in that first instance personified that, but it sounds like you got something back from us as well. So that's really good. I think I, I I'm very grateful for the Grim Reaper as a whole event for kind of introducing me to the ultra world. Um, and we're going to talk about that now with you. So I've recently done an, I've done an episode recently on here, which uh, talked about people getting into the ultra running world and becoming addicted via one of three ways and those three ways i discussed were they saw something in the media so youtube you know read it on social media whatever or secondly they knew someone that had done an ultra or it was just the natural next step in their journey and it sounds like yours was because you knew someone that had done an ultra and and what what kind of ultra had they done was it a big ultra or was it something scary or was it something that you thought oh i could do that Um, I think they did, um, I think it was about a 50 miler and I haven't actually done that one. I can't remember which one it was. It was one down South. Yeah. But I thought, I sort of went to support and do a little bit of crewing and everyone seemed really supportive. As you said, ultra runners just support each other. It's like a community. And I sort of got drawn into it really. I thought, yeah, I'd I'd like to have a go at Mm -hmm. this. I don't know if I can do it or not, but I thought I'll have a go and see how far I can get. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, we won't spoil the rest of the question, <laughs> but there's there's obviously there's obviously been a natural progression for you once you got into that ultra world. And just in a brief answer, what would you say? What would you say that's made you want to continue ultra running and go further? Was it that personal challenge of how far you could go, or was it something else? Yeah, it was to see how far I could go and how I felt really I didn't know how my body was going to react and I mean and my brain as well I just wanted to have a go it was like an achievement really I thought if I can do that you know I could do anything <laughs> yeah the the running world and the uh comparisons to real life and you know it's a good metaphor I think if you can get through an ultra you can get through anything um I think is fair in my in my case definitely that's my experience but yeah, it sounds like for you, it, it was that personal part. And, you know, if I can get through this, I can get through whatever I need to get through in my life as well. Yeah, I think it helps. I think it helps to give you like a confidence. You know, you go out and you think, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think wherever you start, it it's very hard for anyone who's not an ultra runner. I think anyone listening who is an ultra runner would completely be on the same page as what we're on now, which is, is something that, you know, it's an, if you know, you know, kind of thing. Um, And that's just the way the ultra world is. So your, your ultra journey, obviously I met you, 
I met you that year in 2016 and you were doing a 40 mile Grim Reaper. Um, so talk to me about a 40 mile race. So 40 miles, what, how did, how do you find that distance? How did you find that compared to say a marathon? I found it all right, actually. I thought, I didn't know when I first went into it, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I had no crew. Luckily, Grim Reaper is lapped. So you're not sort of stuck in the middle of nowhere. You always end up at your tent. So if you do get stuck, you can stop. And I basically split it up into four races because they're 10 mile loops, aren't they? Yeah. So I would do a loop, maybe grab some food at my tent and then go out again. And that's how I dealt with it. I tended to sort of break the race up into sections to make it more bearable, really, and doable rather than thinking, oh, my God, I've got to run 40 miles. How the hell am I going to do that? Yeah, I've, I think that's quite a common bit of feedback I'm getting as I interview people and, and talk to more people in the ultra world. I think that that idea of looking at the whole race is quite could be quite overwhelming, but actually the idea of thinking about the next aid station, which in, in the case of the race we're referring to is a 10-mile loop, right? So, yeah, that seems like a very logical strategy for, for dealing with the 40 miles. Was... Yeah. Was that the first time you'd been at that event? Yeah, that was my first ultra. Um, I did it in, I think it was 2014, my first one there. And I did that 40 miles a few times because I knew that it was doable after that. I mean, you still feel tired at the end, obviously. But I thought, yeah, that was my first event as an ultra. Okay. And then, obviously, I know I know the journey a little bit because I was there year on after after 2016. So how did that, that, for anyone who doesn't know, the Grim Reaper was a very good race for anyone who's getting into ultra marathons. It was also very beginner friendly and it was advanced friendly because it had the 40, the 70 and the 100 miles. And it was very inclusive because you could also be in teams for that as well. So, yes, yeah. so how did how did your journey go after that? Because after 2016, I, I did 70 in 2017. And we saw you again, I'm yeah. sure, that year. And then I kind of, I was there the rest of the years and I remember where you ended up with that race. But wh what did you do after 2016 and the 40 miler? Did you increase? I did a few other ultras. I tried to sort of go further. I did like 100k, which was good. But I, I wanted to do the 100 miles at Grim Reaper. But I said I'd never do it because I thought it would do my head in doing 100 laps sorry doing 10 laps of that race <laughs> yeah basically so yeah that was in my head I thought I could never do that so See, I sort of did some shorter ones <laughs> but sort of further than 40 miles so you kind of built up after that 40 miles and went to the next step the 100k very common in the in the ultra world and you'd done the Grim Reaper 40 miles a few times say what made you want to then go and try the 100 at Grim Reaper? Because you decided in 2019 or 18, I can't quite remember now. I think it was 2019, yeah. yeah. So you, you thought you'd take yourself back off to Grim Thorpe and go to the castle and do the 100-mile do the Grim Reaper, bearing in mind yeah. you'd already been round that lap multiple times before, and mm -hmm. you, thought you'd, you thought you'd subject yourself 10 more times to it and attempt yeah. the 100-miler. Talk me through that experience of going for a hundred miles in 
the 24 hour, 26 hour in that case, cutoff period, I think it was. Just talk me through it. Talk me through A, what made you go and do it? And then sort of what happened throughout the race? Okay, well, I decided I'm going to do, I want to do 100 miles. And I thought, because I've got no crew, I'll go to that one again, even though it's going to do my head in and go because it's easy because it's lapped. And I will try it. And I didn't think I would finish it, to tell you the truth. I thought, I'm just going to see how far I can get before it blows my head. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so I trained for it. Um, I was supposed to do it the year before, but I had to have an operation, so I couldn't do it. So I deferred it, but it didn't put me off. I thought, no, I'm going to do this. So I turned up and I just planned my nutrition, how I was going to do it and everything. And it went like clockwork. I don't know if I could ever do do it like that again. It just seemed to flow really well and go like clockwork. Yeah. So I was I was there, and so was all of our our high runners team. Um, and my my sort of memory of of you on that day was that you were very efficient when you came in to the tent to be straight back out, especially in the daytime. Um, you were very efficient at coming in getting what you needed and cracking on again with those early laps you know was that is that right how I saw it is that sort of how it went yeah I mean I kept all my food at the tent and I tried I thought I'm gonna run I'm not gonna stop though I'm gonna sort of pass through past the tent grab some food and keep going I thought because if I stop that will be it I won't want to start again I mean every time I went past you guys were shouting at me sort of go on do another lap and it was really helpful. I mean, the encouragement was brilliant. So I just kept it up like that. And a couple of friends turned up and saw me around the course, bringing me bits and pieces, bits of food and that to help. Um, yeah. yeah. And it just it just seemed to go all right. <laughs> yeah. And I think obviously that that event was traditionally held in, in July um, or early yeah. August. So we were always kind of good for a bit of a longer night you know, a bit bit more daylight, I should say. And, but what happens in that moment when the dark comes, when night falls, and then you're now got to go out on this lap through wooded areas, past big fields with cows in it, albeit behind electric fences, but, you know, lots of noises and things going on. There's other runners out there, but what happens when the dark sets in? I actually love running in the dark. I'm a bit of a freak. I like horror, as you know. And as you know, as well, after sort of quite a few hours of running, you start hallucinating, especially when you're hungry. (laughs) And I mean, I was seeing everything. I was I I could see Slender Man in front of me. What I thought was Slender Man, but it was someone walking with poles. (laughs) Yeah. But it was quite interesting. And I mean, it's pitch black. I looked into a field with my head torch and I could see all these eyes and it was basically a load of sheep. They were all huddled together for night. And that was quite funny. But, yeah, it didn't seem to be dark for long, though. As you say, they're the, the sh- sort of shorter nights, and it seemed to get light really quick. So I didn't feel like I was running for many laps in the dark. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I, I did the I did the 70 in 2017 in that event, and, you know, time of year-wise. I, I've, I have a, a recall very similar kind of, feeling to that i kind of remember doing a couple of laps in the dark maybe but it almost was over 
you know, it was almost the end of at the end of dark when, you know, you went out there and I don't remember what lap specifically, but probably f- lap five and six for me. And by the end of lap six, you could kind of see that sunrise coming. Yeah. And and it was just weird that I don't know. I was over halfway through my race and then the dark came and I thought, oh, here we go through the night. But the truth was, is call it two hour, two hours a lap, two and a bit hours a lap at that point. And it was it was daylight before you knew it or the sun was rising at least. And tell me about that moment when you came out of the woods, back to the campsite, back to the lap end, and you've come out of those woods and there's that little road, little windy roads, and you're about to complete 100 miles. Tell me what what was that feeling like and, and, and what do you remember of it? Oh, my God. I was, yeah, I couldn't believe I'd actually got there. I was so worried about making it in the cutoff time. I think, was it 25 hours we had to do it? Yeah, I think it was 25 hours, yeah. I was so worried about running out of time, and I kept checking with people, am I all right? Am I still on time? And I'd actually walked quite a bit of that last lap because my feet were killing me. (laughs) But as I came around the corner, I thought, I better start running now. (laughs) And I mean, every footstep was painful, but I managed to run through and I couldn't believe it. I nearly forgot to um, click my tag at the end. I mean, Keith had to say, quick, quick, do your tag. You know, you're finished. And they told me that I was the only lady that completed it. So that was unbelievable. And I just burst into tears as well. It was just, yeah, it was, I think it's the proudest moment of my life, to tell you the truth. So not not only did you do your first 100 miler, but you won it as well. Yeah, I won it. And I was, I think I was first lady and third overall. So, I mean, that's a miracle for me. I never win anything. So that was a miracle. (laughs) No, that's really cool. And, you know, I obviously have my own version of of you finishing that race. And, you know, hearing you talk about it there brings all, all of it back from that whole event, really. And I think... You know, to go out there and, and be the only female that finishes it that day and, you know, an adventure of 24 hours and, you know, daylight, hot day as well. It was boiling. It was absolutely boiling that day. Um, it was. <laughs> yeah. And, and how did you how did you deal with that heat in, in that situation? How did you deal with the added heat? Because I remember it being exceptionally hot. It was very hot. But, I mean, if you run sort of at a steady pace you tend to cool yourself down I don't know about you my yeah. body sort of gets used to it and I had to hydrate like crazy obviously and eat just eat all the way around and drink all the way around without drinking too much so just getting the balance right and trying to stay in the shade as well where I could obviously through through the trees you stayed in the trees where you could and hydrated as much as you could I, I, I vaguely remember that year um, Keith, the the race director, he wouldn't normally put um, any water out on course, but he actually took some to the halfway point because yes, he felt the right. safety, you know, the safety side of it. He had to do that. So, um, yeah, I think when you run in, when you run in a hundred miles, it's hard enough as it is, right? Let alone with it being the hottest day of the year at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> another little challenge to get over. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you did. You got over it and you you, you conquered it and you, you came through at the end. So, yeah, so your sort of journey of of ultra running sort of, you know, by the sounds of it, progressed up and you didn't just go straight in and try and do a 100K. 
you did some 40 milers, then you did the four, the 100K, and then you did the 100 miler. Yeah. So yeah. would you do another 100 miler? Yes, I've actually booked one for next May, and it's a point-to-point one because I really want to do a point-to-point 100 miler, and I've got a crew crewman this time <laughs> to help me. <laughs> Centurion, Thames Pathway? No, it's um, the Five Rivers Ultra. It's actually 103 miles. Yeah, so, heard of it. so um, it's my big birthday next year. So I want to do a few crazy things. <laughs> and what what a way what a way to celebrate a big birthday. Um, mm. So obviously that'll be very different because you've done the you've done the laps. So this is going to be A to B. So you've got yourself a crew, and you feel, mm. you know, with a crew you're going to be able to have more access to like change of clothes at the random points that they meet you and, and things like that. So do you think it'll be different to the Grim Reaper in terms of how it feels? Um, I'm not sure. Cause I've never done a point to point one before. So this has been new for me. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be easier head wise because you know, you've got to get to the end. Yeah. Yeah. But it's quite tempting when you do a lapped race, as you know, if you get tired, you can just stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Whereas I guess on the point to point, you'll be between aid stations and between seeing your crew. So there's there's always that possibility that you could, if you're going to drop out, you might have to go a long way to get to somewhere before you can drop out. So you might as well carry on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about ultra running, what what does it mean to you and what does it give you? Other than the self-achievement and the medal, what, what is it that you get out of ultra running? I think um, it's the achievement. I mean, the medal and the trophy is lovely, you know, but I think it's just the achievement of actually doing it. I actually did an ultra a couple of months ago and I didn't finish. It was the first ultra that I've not finished because I had injury and I just wasn't feeling right that day. But I didn't feel disappointed. I just thought, well, you know, it's just the way it is. There's other races, and obviously if you're not feeling 100% on the day, it's not always going to go to plan. So I felt quite positive from it. Yeah, I think anyone who goes into the ultramarathon world needs to accept that they might get a did not finish at some stage in their life. You know, I think we're all going to go through that. We're all going to go through that moment where, I did it at Grim Reaper where I didn't actually finish one year and end up in the medical tent with hyperthermia. But, you know, I think, I think when we enter this ultra marathon world, we, we accept that we're going to, we're going to DNF at some point, we're going to get a did not finish and we just accept it. Right. Yeah. You can't sort of, you just have to move on to the next one. We're only human at the end of the day. So we're not machines. It's not always going to go to plan. You just yeah. have to accept it. It doesn't matter. There's other races. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. So I'm going to ask you a few quick fire questions, but feel free to elaborate on the answers as much as you want. So what would you say your worst experience is during an ultramarathon? And what's the worst What's the worst thing that's happened to you during an ultramarathon? Just feeling, I mean, I did Grim Reaper one year, and I did the first lap too quick and I forgot to eat and drink. And 
I sort of started out on my second lap and I thought, oh my God, I feel awful. And then idiot, it's because you haven't drunk enough and eaten enough. So just get it on board now. But I think, yeah. yeah, I think that was the, the worst thing really, but you can sort of turn it around. You, I think it's a learning curve. I think there's, although I've done quite a few ultras, I think there's always something to learn. And I'm always like to listen to other people and take advice from them because it's different and you just run every race different, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I totally agree. I think there's that, that feeling of being a sponge and absorbing what others have to say about it and then trying to apply what you can to your own journey and seeing how, yeah. that, how that works for you. Um, okay. So, how would you say you find the training for ultra running? Training's all right. I mean, I'm quite lucky. I don't sort of, I never do the full distance. I tend to do like 20 milers. That's it. Even if it's like the 100 mile. I mean, I think if I'd trained for the 100 mile properly, well, I don't know what properly is, <laughs> but doing like 50 mile training um, runs, I think it would have just drained me. I think. I think a lot of it is in the mindset. You you know, your legs can take you so far and then your mind takes over. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, th I, I think that's totally it for me. Um, obviously, lapped, a lapped 70 is the furthest I've been. But I would say that that feeling of you're, in a, you're already going to be in pain at a certain point and your legs, like you said, can't. They'll just keep going if your head tells them to keep going. But if they if the head tells you not to keep going, then you, you end up, you know, you end up plodding along and getting cold and getting hypothermia and then you have to drop out the race. And, you know, that's my experience of it. And I think, I think the mindset is a massive part of it. And I think you're right. The training, the training, you can just go up to your 20 miler. You can do, you can do your back to back runs on a weekend and they don't have to be 50, 60 yeah. miles long. You can just do what you need to do at the weekend. So yeah, no, I agree. I do agree. Um, so, so far, what is your favourite race or favourite experience during ultra running? Favourite race? Um, does it have to be an ultra? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't have to be an ultra. It can be anything. I've got quite a few. I mean, there's a, an 18 miler that I like to do, the Berry to Clare 18 miler because of the terrain. I love running off road. I prefer off road to road running. Yeah, I mean, I started off um, running on the road sort of in the early days and it killed my legs. And I just find trail runnings, trail running is more interesting. There's more to look at and it's just nice to run somewhere different on different yeah. surfaces. Yeah, no, so, I've never I've done that race. You know, I've never I've never been up to that race, but it does have a good reputation for being fun and different. It's a good one. Yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> but I do Absolutely. like I like Grim Reaper as well, even though I know the course off by heart now, probably you do as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been I've been round it. I did tell someone the other day the total, but I've forgotten what it is now off the top of my head. But obviously the seven, then I did five and a half laps, and then I did two as a team, so two single laps. So, you know, I've been been well over double figures around that loop. And uh yeah the aim for me would have been to have done my first hundred there by the way, but it, it's not been around. It kind of missed out. It wasn't going to be on in 2020 anyway. 
even if the pandemic hadn't have happened, I don't think the race was going to be about anymore or if it's going to come back. So we'll have to see, see if that race returns. But what's your, what's your bucket list race? Have you got, a, a have you got one race that you see as being the, the kind of pinnacle, the one race that you want to attend or the one race that you think that would be, that would be the race that I want to do before I die? I would, um, I would love to do the Marathon de Sabla. I mean, <laughs> I would really like to do that. It's really expensive and they have a waiting list, but I wouldn't mind doing that. It's supposed to sort of change your life, basically. You go and you come back and you just feel completely different. So, <laughs> yeah, no, good, good. I'd like to go and have a go. <laughs> that's, that's a really cool bucket list race. I think we've had people say that before as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to to know if you you ever you know if you ever make the start line obviously we'll be supporting you from from here back home in in the sort of cambridgeshire area big time so yeah um and what does what does running mean to you redders what what would you say running means to you what does running give you in general you know is running something that you need in your life oh definitely yes i do it helps to keep me sane if that makes sense I could be in a really bad mood or struggling with something and I'll make myself go out for a run and I'll come back completely a different person. It helps me to sort of put things in order, if that makes sense. Yep, 100%. Yeah, I think it does help. I think in your answer there, know that I understand what you mean, even if everyone listening doesn't, because I've never heard someone say that to me in that way. But when you say putting things in order, that really resonates because that, for me, if I go for a run in the morning, that day is in order. That day has yeah. a set process then that I can get through. So, yeah, putting it in order, that's a great way of thinking about it. I've never I've never said that to anyone or responded, but actually that is it. And love that that's how it makes you feel because I get it. But I guess some some runners, I think everyone's different, right? You probably at Ely Running Club, you probably know all sorts of people, different types of runners and and what they get out of running will be completely different to the next person and so on, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So give me your give me your kind of top tip or top tips for someone that wants to run a hundred miles. Okay. Um get a good pair of shoes. <laughs> to start with um just go out i mean make sure you've got enough food and drink preferably get someone to look after you if you're going as well get a crew maybe um and just make sure you eat and drink i mean try go out on training runs and take different types of food to try don't sort of leave anything for that day take food and drink and try it to make sure that it agrees with you and then just go and have a go, basically, and see how far you can get. If you don't complete it, it doesn't matter. You've still run a distance. So have a go. And then maybe if you want to do it again, try next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's that's my experience um, from the 70 miler. Obviously, you had an operation in the year that you should have done it, and then you went back and did it the next year. So, yeah. No, yeah. that's sound advice, that is. And it's the unknown, isn't it? It's that unknown feeling of, I think no one really knows today when they first go out what to expect. 
I'm on Instagram at Patched Up Runner. Okay. Interesting name. It's a good name. <laughs> that. Through lots of operations, so <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, so I'll, I'll pop that in the in the description for this episode, so people can just click on that and follow you if they want to. Um, but yeah, no, thanks for coming on, Redders. Really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, I'll look forward to like supporting you through the rest of that journey as well myself. So I'll look forward to it and, and share with the team as as we go. So hope everyone's enjoyed today's episode. And hopefully, if you did, you could give it the show a rating, pass it on to anyone who you think would find it was was interested to them. If, if you thought Lisa's story was something that you know someone else would need to hear or would like to hear in their journey, in their experiences, please do pass that on. But I hope you enjoyed yourselves, guys, and I hope that we can meet here again to discuss more on the Ultra Running Podcast with me, Coach Marshy. <laughs>